Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome back, rugby fans, to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty, the Sappho Braga. Joining me as per usual, my cohorts, we have, of course, Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and Scott, the big guy, Ferrara. And by now, a familiar face, we could say, Mike, the Grand Poobah Perizzini. Welcome back, my friend. Always a pleasure to be on. Hey, Mikey, have you gotten married yet? Nope, not yet. <laughs> what, what's the date of that nuptial uh, event? Uh, I'll say September. I'm going to keep that, you know, the actual date quiet because I don't need more ruggers showing up to my wedding than, you know, uh, <laughs> have invited. Dude, you can't forget your anniversary even before you've had the wedding. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know the date. I swear I know it. Hey, look, I think you could sneak into the to the cost, you know. It's, I mean, your, your in-laws are your, to be are paying for it. So just sneak into the cost of flying the rugby rant in town, and we'll just do oh, a yeah. show from from Mike. Oh, a live wedding. show, a live breakdown, <laughs> live breakdown, and uh, a misstep from uh, from Mikey on the run up there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's sweating bullets. Will he forget his nuptial vows? We shall see. <laughs> and on that note, again, you are of course are tuning into episode one twenty three of the Rugby Rant. Us doing what we do best talking crap about rugby and we'll be back in a moment to continue that form with around the pitch this ball represents the game we love a game fueled by passion but there are those who wear no number nor are they in the locker room or the field of play but they are there for every high and every low. Yes, they are watching every kick, tackle, and try score. Yes, they are there for when you need them most because they are the Major League Rugby fans. And the time has come for you to stand with your team. Join us. ShopMLR.com today. Gentlemen, again, you know how this goes, but I best remind those that don't know. And this is the opportunity to share what we think is newsworthy from across the rugby realms. We're going to do this in a quick fire round once around the table. And sharing first will be Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Yeah, some interesting news coming out of um, College Rugby of America, um, CRAA, just announced within uh, the last day of recording here that they're actually going to do something different as opposed to having the 15s and the sevens national championships um, that are kind of supported by USAR uh, on different weekends. They're going to have the same weekend. It's going to be May 5th through 7th. So it's almost like a festival style because they're going to have the national 15s championship matches for uh, D1A men's uh, D1 and D2 spring women's championships. And they're going to have a a couple of uh, bowl series championships between California conference champ and the Florida collegiate conference champ. But then they're also going to have the sevens 
uh, where the top 16 teams are going to compete in a sevens tournament. So the idea is to have, you know, a big festival style in one city over a big weekend, and uh, it will be on the rugby network. Uh, very interested to see not only the shift in uh, philosophy of how they're going to do this, but also a shift in when it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's usually been uh, like a week or two later, but they bumped it up. So uh, very interesting stuff. Hopefully they'll get more interest in it as a result of the style. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely a, a, a change from, and a departure yeah. from what we've seen in past years. And and with that change could come up, you know, being something excellent. And I love how, you know, organizations are just looking more at the entertainment product um, and grouping these things together can make it a more exciting event overall. So we'll, you know, stay tuned and great that it's on TRN because wonderful opportunity to be able to see some more wonderful rugby. Let's hand it over to you, Mike. What have you got? So also as of filming this, um, we just got some word from USA Rugby. Uh, USA Rugby Board of Directors has released an open letter to the rugby community, um, basically going in and talking about how, you know, they had this update that they did in December about, you know, the state of USA Rugby moving forward. And they're, they've broken it down, given the background, basically, of what's been going on, what brought us to the issues that, you know, we're the state that we're in right now and all the issues surrounding USA rugby going from, you know, the debt obligations, you know, new structure uh, involving a USA rugby and at the community level and at the, the national level. And then it goes into how they would like to, you know, moving forward, they've given bullet points. They've got a strategic review going forward of how they would like, you know, to move forward so that we can, you know, succeed in the, uh, 31 and 33 world cups that we are hosting uh it's nice to see that rugby you know usa rugby is becoming a little bit more transparent talking about you know look we, we kind of messed up you know, there were some outside things that influenced this this eventual breakdown that happened over the past couple of years um in some respects we've succeeded especially regarding the two seven sides as well as the women's 15 side but there's definitely you know things that we need to look into with the men's 15 side and this is how we're going to you know hope to you know continue to do uh, better and you know proceed going forward so good on you know usa rugby for making this i just really hope that there's some real change that happens yeah and and, and that's the key phrase there you hope that there's going to be real change and it's great to be able to see an organization like that to be able to raise their hand and go okay we messed up but you know and and, and go one step further and identify how they recognize they messed up, which is probably the departure from what we had seen in the past. Yes, there'll be a lot of criticism about it. Yes, there'll be a lot of great debates about it. Yes, we'll probably end up covering it in a future episode. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not this one. So again, Mike, thanks for sharing that. And by the way, Monday is obviously a good night to be able to do our show. We just got to wait until all the news comes out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's hand it over to Scott, the big guy, Ferrara. You're up. And, uh, you know, a little bit of news coming out of, of some Americans playing outside of America. Um, you know, uh, big news. Roman Salanoa was called up by Ireland and that kind of dominated American rugby news for the weekend. But this dominated the big guy's heart. My buddy, Rob Aramescu, friend of the big guy, friend of the show, made his test debut for Romania against Poland on Saturday coming off the bench. Not only that, he scored in his debut. Um, for those of you that don't know, Rob was a collegiate All-American at Penn State. He played three seasons of Major League Rugby for New York and D.C. Um, he decided to pursue international honors abroad because he qualifies through his parents. Um, you know, he represented the Oaks on Saturday, and I'm really proud to see him um, make his test debut 
And I think it's something, one of those things that might get lost in the shuffle. And I just wanted to point that out. So congrats, Rob. I, re- I really love it. And I love you and good job, buddy. Yeah. I hey, mean, listen, before we go away from our friends of the show, let me throw a shout out to Chris Shade, the ultimate joker. Uh, we heard he just, he signed kind of with both NOLA as well as with the American Raptors, uh, with the American Raptors as kind of a medical joker. So, you know, he'll go wherever they need him, whenever they need him. And it's the ultimate rugby working from home gig, which he has always wanted. So uh, love I wonder if he has to leave. Yeah. I wonder, I'm going to have to ask Chris though. Like, does he have to leave each Jersey in his kit bag just in case he doesn't know what he's going to use this weekend? <laughs> Make sure you pack the right socks, Chris. <laughs> He's going to be almost like those, uh, you know, the third line goalies in the NHL games. Yeah, the yeah. emergency He's going to show up and give him a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that is funny. But both of those characters do deserve a shout out. Yep. Both of them, again, are friends of the show. So we wish them well in every regard with their success and maybe. And uh, for, for, for Chris, I, you know, it's funny. We joked about it, but that is something he said he wanted to be able to have. Mm-hmm. Fly in, play his rugby. Man, Destiny, baby. <laughs> I, you know, we thought, how could a rugby player be remote? Well, he figured it out. <laughs> so good on you, my friend. And let me take the opportunity again to be able to talk about signings. Um, one of the ones that has recently come to the forefront is we talk about international players not only going abroad, but coming this side. Uh, we have the Chicago Hounds recently announcing one of their marquee signings with uh, George Thornton. Uh, You'll be familiar with him from his experience overseas with the Glasgow. Um, And he comes in as as an experienced uh, hound, so to speak, to be able to bolster the the, the team and also be able to create some much-needed experience in key positions. It'll be interesting to be able to see what type of influence he'll have in the team as it goes forward, but it's going to be a great one to be able to watch because the hounds, even though it may be their first season, do not underestimate their ability on the field because they have some pretty awesome talent. He's going to be joining some really, really great characters with much uh, uh, great experience as well uh, through the acquiring of uh, the LA and uh, Giltinis and Austin players. So he'll be in a wonderful rugby home. And on that note, gentlemen, that is Around the Pitch. We'll be back with more in a moment once we hear more from one of our sponsors. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try.
And welcome back, rugby fans. It's that time where we do what we do best is gather all the rugby minds from here on the rant, and we talk about more rugby. And in this occasion, it's talking about pre-season matches as we lead up to the start of the 2023 season. Much anticipated. Many fans want to be able to get those first looks of their teams, see if their draftees have managed to be able to get a run out, see their new signings in action. And as we get a little bit of a glimpse of what might it might look like for the rest of the season. And I wanted to be able to give each of the guys here an opportunity to be able to talk about what they think were some of the merits of this past weekend, some of their thoughts in general, and then we're going to finish it off with what they believe might be the greatest benefits of it being included in a preseason and how organizations and the fans can come to see value in preseason matches as we look forward. But before we dive into all of that, a quick reminder for those of you that might not be familiar with what action took place this past weekend in week two of the preseason. We had OGDC taking on Rugby New York. It was a close affair, ended up very tight with only a three-point difference at 28 to 31, OG being the host of that. So, of course, losing out by a mere three points. And then we, are, of course, Dallas and Nola. That was definitely a one-sided affair with a 45 to 19, I believe it was, uh, final scoreline. Atlanta and Utah was probably the tightest of it. Well, definitely at a 31 all scoreline come full time. And uh, then we also had Seattle taking on the only non-MLR side with the American Raptors who look ahead to their foray in the Super Rugby Americas. Super disappointing start there though. As we see a 47 to 0, although you could argue that was definitely to be expected, uh, considering how they've managed to put their team together with short notice. Final one actually was uh, Rhino Rugby in San Diego Legion, although we don't have many details about that one. So uh, we won't probably be able to talk much about that one, but it is worth noting that they did have an opportunity to be able to take on uh, Rhino Rugby, which is an elite academy down in Southern California. Uh, tightly connected to PR7s as well uh, in their program there. So yeah, that is the action that took place in week two. Now we need to find out what does these guys think about it? So we hand it over to Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, to be able to start us off. Ooh, my analysis. Well, I guess I would say let's not read too much into the results at this juncture, right? I think um, these training and lead-up matches are, are just that. It's designed to give players an opportunity to develop a little bit of continuity, perhaps give some of those young players an opportunity to get stuck in and experience MLR matches. Um, so, you know, and, and we know, like, for example, the Hounds still have a couple guys whose thesis haven't come through. So, you know, will we, will we see, um, those guys fit in a little bit more and give a little, you know, bit more punch during the season than they do now. Having said all that, one of my complaints is that it would be nice if they're going to have preseason games and I get it. I get that. They don't want to put a lot into the production, if you will, uh, in, in these events um, because they're being run on a shoestring. It would be nice to have some kind of at least electronically posted roster of who's going to be playing to give mm-hmm. us as fans a little better idea of, of yeah, what the sides look like and, and can we glean more from the results than perhaps um, we should? I, I don't know just because we don't know what the roster looked like. I mean, after all, Rick was down there watching the NOLA Jackals match and he's like, yeah, some guy with red hair just scored. I said, well, I think that was Tom, you know, uh, Tom Florence, a Kiwi goes, <laughs> ah, whoever. 
So, you know, it's, it's but you know that, but how many other people yeah. do? <laughs> right. And that's kind of my point, you know, it, publish it electronically and put it out there. It doesn't cost anything except for a little bit of time. Well, I'd probably do it for free if you you're nice to me and send me some merch. That's all I wish. Is that you know? I don't, that's still not free, then, Rob. But I get your point. <laughs> but but you Almost know, free. on that note, though, and, and a great example of that is OGDC and Rugby United. Now, Rugby United did not offer a a schedule for for public viewing, but OGDC did. And then OGDC, even though it wasn't a televised event, opened the St James facility up to their fans and actually had an amazing attendance of I think it's over like a thousand two hundred people that were in attendance. So it just shows you that one organization can leverage the opportunity in their favor. Why is there not the opportunity to do it for any? I mean, people have been starved for great rugby until now. You would think that if you could give, if you could connect them the right way, there's a wonderful opportunity in many areas. Right. And and that's kind of my point, right? Is that if if one team's going to do it, let's at least have some consistency and cohesion between both right. teams. You know, a little bit of direction, I guess, and 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 you know, minimal standards by the league, perhaps. Hey, look, if you're going to have some, you know, preseason matches, here's Let's what all do we the would same ask. Thing. Yep. There's an expectation fans can understand this, right. this, and this. So we got to, yeah, okay, I like that. I think that's good. And let's hand it over to to Mike. What have you got to be able to share your general thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with the hammer on a lot of, you know, things that he said. You know, Thank you, you very much. That's your much. time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I I cringe in saying that. You know, yeah, you felt wrong. Just like, yeah, just like in you know NFL, you know preseason matches. This is the time for you know those guys that you know maybe bench players are looking for possibly to get in some starting spots or some guys that are you know second third string to become bench players or trying to you know right right get some some good you know some plays in to prove themselves. Uh, it's it's not a whole lot you can read, especially we don't know a whole lot of the rosters. I don't know who was playing. For you know rugby New York, um, I was able to see there were some highlights. I believe that I think that Old Glory posted, not even rugby New York posted. I think they, right. they showed a try that looked you know good and promising. Great on Old Glory. Um, you know, looking at that game, I'm happy to see that it was like a, a, it was a tight affair, um, and I'm happy to see that. I know a lot of fans were out there. I think you know a friend of the show, Alex Carlson, was there. Uh, cheering on old glory. So it's good to see that that's happening, but I would like to see mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know, a complete kind of all the teams doing it. You right. Know, right. Open so- it, open it all up. Let, you know, it, mm-hmm. you don't have to charge a whole lot. Let people, you know, meet, you know, meet the players, see the players, you know, right. don't just something because we, we do want to see, you know, great MLR, you know, right. games and, uh, well, you know, we're going to dive into in the second half, though, Mike, because you're hitting wrong yeah. home on some really, really good stuff and suggestions <laughs> of what teams could follow. When we go into the second half, we talk about well, what we'd like to be able to see from future preseasons, right? Because there are plenty of opportunities. Yeah. We think about the the, the, the opportunity loss, really. Um, but I, I like that uh, you, you know you brought up the, uh, those points there. But it seems that right now, consensus is that OGDC is kind of leading by example of how we might like to see preseasons in the future, but we, we can't know for sure if we all agree until we hand it over to the big guy himself. So what do you got to say? Let's get hot, baby. So I think we had a good <laughs> weekend of, of preseason rugby. I think we need to take into account a couple of things though. One, we take for granted TRN's production, right? So uh-huh. TRN sets up all the production for all the games, unless the games are, are shown on FS1 or FS2. And even then I think it's a TRN contracted company that comes in to do that. Um, so 
you have to pay to have that done. And obviously in whatever contract that MLR has, these preseason games don't count. Now that doesn't mean you can't try and figure out a way to try and maybe get a wide angle shot of something. You know, it doesn't have to be very professional. Just give us a glimpse of something that's going on live. That would be great. <clears throat> but I do see the reason why now they're not doing so. But Mike makes a good point about communication in general about these. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, the second thing is I think the most important thing, especially for these teams going away, those teams are in a unique position to start getting their game day uh, stride going on away matches, right? So Rooney went out to Michigan uh, to play uh, Toronto two weeks ago in a, in a, in a neutral site venue in Michigan. But that made, that meant Rooney had to get on their plane. They had to get to their team hotel. They had to run through their team dinner. They had to run through the captain's run and do all the stuff you would do in a, in an away match. Same thing going down and playing OGs, taking the bus down there, which is what they usually do when they go to OGs, get there beforehand, a couple hours beforehand, do their captain's run, and then work on their game day uh, um, setup. And I think it's something that some of the some of the teams who are only having home matches for these preseason is losing out on, and maybe they're going to be behind the eight ball as the season starts if they have a couple away matches ahead of time. Yeah, those are all really, really good points. And there's you know, again, that opportunity loss that, you know, if you're not on the road and you're not taking the advantage of being included in this preseason and, you know, this is, this is already a better preseason than we had last season. Right. Um, I think last season, probably, I don't even know if all teams participated. I think Dallas. I don't think so. I don't think Dallas did, if I remember correctly. They did not. Um, And and I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head who did or didn't, but I know not every team did. So it'll be interesting to be able to see this time around if that's improved or not. But I'm going to throw it back to you right away, Scott, because you said that you were holding back just a little piece for the next (laughs) segment. So let's hear it now. What do you think you would like to see from preseasons of the future? Well, we know that these preseason matchups are kind of made through the teams, but that doesn't mean the MLR shouldn't be involved in putting out the schedule for these. And then if they get canceled, they get canceled. That's fine. But I don't see why you shouldn't put that out there. Say, right. hey, they're going to play this game. NOLA, it was going to go down to Houston. Mm-hmm. They give you a two-week advance notice. People get excited. Then, crap, there's issues. You know, there's the guys are sick. We can't do it. That's fine. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. So nobody's really losing anything. So I think the open communication of that entire way of thinking should, just like it goes into the season, and I understand it's kind of last minute sometimes when they're putting stuff together for these preseason, but I still feel like it's something they should be putting out there. So at least, you know, so at least I can know my friends like Sue parks down in, right. uh, in Virginia was going to the OGs game and maybe she can, you know, put me on the FaceTime to take a look at some of the players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my second point to this was um, it was actually, I think a question from our boys over at the Jack's Rangers podcast was why don't they play all their matches in warm weather, to which I say, well, that's just, why don't, why would, I mean, do they do that in the NFL? Like, you know, you play the preseason games where you want to play the preseason games or you can play the preseason games. I think you still have to realize we're in what year five, year six, how much money is there to go around to send a guy to send two teams to a neutral site venue in Miami versus two teams to a neutral site venue in Michigan where Toronto can feasibly take a bus where you can take a quick flight from Detroit and then a bus, Mm. you know, versus going all the way down to Miami for two teams (laughs) and then finding a neutral site venue, which right now spring training just opened up. Right. All the baseball teams are down in Florida right now. So how much more sports are you going to try and compact down there? What are the what are the what are the hotels looking like? What are the logistics of that trying to do that in the middle of spring training? You got to weigh your options there. 
Can I can I just point out though? First of all, Scott, I'm going to give you an extra point for creativity by bringing in somebody else's uh, conversation and ranting about it from the from their show. <laughs> I like of it. You're like so so Jack's Rangers. You know, I mean, obviously a friend to the show, and and you've numerous times been on with Phil. But uh, I, I do want to be able to, to to point out, like, it's great the idea of having a centralized venue. You know, we kind of had this with the the Las Vegas Fari that we decided didn't work. It's an expensive exercise. It's difficult for teams to be able to travel, to also be camped out for like two or three weeks at a time. There's many, 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 many reasons why not to. But at the top of the list for me is the opportunity lost to engage your local rugby community, your fans. By packing up your team and moving them somewhere else, you're not getting that ability like OGDC, who got over a 1,000 fans for a preseason matchup. Now, I don't know if that was monetized or whatever the component to add to it. It was. They were selling tickets, yeah. Fantastic. Even better, right? So, so that's what I'd like to be able to see at least one time for each team, um, as they, because logistically it gives your your organization the opportunity to prepare, learn from a few mistakes, connect with your your, your local uh, fans as quickly as possible, rather than packing them up and moving somewhere else. So, and good I, point. And I, I see, just wanted to build up on that. And I could see the Northeast teams going to the Southern MLR teams to do it, but they're not going right. to the neutral site venue where both teams have to then pitch in and rent it. So there is a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. on what they were kind of suggesting we should do versus that's a, what. That's can a fair point as on. well. Yeah, I mean that doubles the cost. Absolutely, Mike. What do you want to see from preseason's future? I want to be able to see the games. I think, um, unfortunately, <laughs> where I am, there's dude, not a whole come lot of to four, Come to four Rooney games before you talk about seeing games. This dude <laughs> makes one Rooney game a year. But it's, it's, that's not, you know, that's not going down to watch a game. I want to be, like, watch it from my house. So, I, you know, I if that's, you know, TRN, you know, filming that, you know, I understand there's a lot of production value that goes into TRN and having to film the games and that, you know, the cost to film a preseason game where it's, you know, it's not all the star players are possibly playing or, you know, the star players only playing for 10 right. minutes might not be worth it. But you know what? Somebody with a, you know, an iPhone or an Android that can hook up to Facebook Live and you stream it on, you know, the OGDC or the, the Rooney, you know, hey, Facebook we all Major League Rugby it, came from those origins of Facebook yeah. Live and and YouTube, right? It's it's but, free. You could it, you could put out the link, and you know what the ca- the casual yeah. fan could go, hey, I could I could watch this, and then you know the the, the right. in depth fan, the diehard could be able to you know be able to see, hey, this is what's going forward. Oh, I like how you know things are yeah. developing. This is how this player is playing. So it allows for more engagement. That's I think really I like what it that. comes down to. I like that because then you can have again. It comes back down to the fans. That's what we do here yeah. on the show. So fans can learn, you know, the roster. They can identify players that are standouts. They can connect with their story. There's so many opportunities there. But I think it's also first and foremost about managing expectations. If you're expecting it to be a Fox Sports production, it's not going to be that. If you're going to be expecting a TRN regular production, it's not going to be that. It's as long as they're upfront and manage the expectation of what the quality of that stream would be, fans will be forgiving. And I think that I think they, so. will, they will enjoy it. Well, I don't know. Like I, you know, I'm just, I'm listening and making these notes. And I thought that yeah. was, it's funny to say that because if you recall a couple of years ago, Grant Cole and his benevolence, he and his wife, Jen were kind enough to, uh, to actually uh, face FaceTime, mm-hmm. you know, live stream. Right. A, 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 and again, a we're talking game. about it for Houston, right? So, so right. fans know. 
and and they got their ass kicked like roasted oh, for no reason shit that was roasted terrible for no this, reason. That, it was and it's like it was bullshit it, you know, we we knew we knew that Grant and his wife were doing it out of their goodness, aren't right. we? Like, mm-hmm. and, and guys, he is an experienced announcer too. Yeah, it wasn't a professional broadcast, folks. It was them trying to give everybody something they can't normally get. So let's right. you know, so so let's you know. But uh, but again, I think that was about managing the expectations. Right, People right. went in thinking that was oh, this is what Houston offers. This is so right. subpar. Yeah. But if the expectations were set up to a little bit differently, maybe you wouldn't encounter that. But certainly we don't want people being roasted for trying to be right. a dedicated fan and share the sport right. with others. So Correct. it's the expectations. Right. By the way, good intercept from, from Rob, uh, though, and I kind of just took that ball and ran with it. But you bring up some really, really good points, though. Is, is would fans actually be forgiving? Would they accept a yeah. below expectation presentation? So, so I guess I would say this, that what would I like to see in the future? Um, I think I would like to see a home and away out of all teams. They get an opportunity to go on the road, as Scott said. Um, yep. Does it matter where? Whatever they can manage. I think Utah Utah went to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, um, mm-hmm. this last weekend, right? Uh, heck of a trip, but they managed to do it. If you can't do that, like Nola's real close to Houston, they're, real, they're close to Dallas, a little bit more manageable. You could probably do it on a bus. That works for them. You know, New England could go to New York, Rooney, whatever. Um, Manage it all you want. Do a home and away. Everybody gets a chance to do one or the other. And you can do what with it uh, with it what you want to attract your fans, to do some engagement with your fans, et cetera. Um, I, I think down the road at some point, what would be wonderful is to see that tour style like's been talked about. You know, there might be one on the West Coast where there's a, a kind of point where three or four teams get together. There might be one that's on the East Coast or down in the South. Um, but to do it with enough advanced effort that teams could actually like go out and, and um, go to junior high schools, go to high schools to work with the local right, community these, to try to develop a little bit or create clinics and outreach programs. Yeah. Correct. Much mm-hmm. like what happens on the British and Lions tour. Now, granted mm-hmm. that is well-funded. I get it, but they could still manage it. And along with managing their expectations. Right, the concept and, is there implementation so, will be much lower level but it will so, be there rob will you yeah. we just had a polar vortex up in you know new york this past weekend sure Are you suggesting that you know we have guys playing in below zero degree you know temperatures i understand that the idea they can't of, handle the weather they should yeah. be playing in new york <laughs> i understand yeah. the idea Not, of scott would if you'd actually get to break out a jacket rather than yeah. wearing a t-shirt oh, yeah. shorts, as he does most of the time in the rooney games the, the concept but, no. of a home and away is good but unfortunately up you know up here you're dealing with weather toronto can't, you don't want to play you know rugby in toronto in the no, beginning they, of february but they managed i mean rooney and toronto managed to find a a neutral venue uh down indoor there in michigan indoor indoor to make that happen I mean, the, the the Hounds actually have an indoor venue right there at, at SeatGeek with enough advance notice. I'm sure they could secure it for a Saturday or Sunday if they if they wanted to, especially if you're going to be talking about, you know, engaging the local youth and, and rugby mm-hmm. communities as part of a development component. Um, you could work with local uh, your 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 local union, perhaps, to even do, you know, coaches clinics or other types of clinics for other types of development. And, help, and, and I don't know about ask them to kick in, but certainly you could ask them to to help manage it. So uh, that's kind of how I, mean, I would, and if I would you look be inclined at, to structure it. And if you look at what they're doing down in um, in Panama City Beach, you know, they're having the three teams, the Hounds, ATL, and uh, the Raptors down there. They're doing a round robin, uh, and what they're doing is two 20-minute halves. So that way you guys aren't going full tilt for, for 
you know, the, right. the full time and I yeah, I, so and forty it, minutes each half, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I think it's I think it's forty minutes each. Forty minute game, two yeah, yes, two twenty minute halves. Yeah, two oh, twenty minute okay. halves. Um, and that way you're getting like a round robin tournament. Each each team is getting at least two matches, yeah. and it's like a full day of rugby, and it's free to fans. I could see doing that, mm-hmm. but maybe again, having that in ATL and having it with Rooney and Pounds or Rooney and Free Jacks next year right. instead of roping in the Raptors a little bit and doing it in a neutral site venue. Um, because then you could ATL could sell tickets for the day and say, hey, we'll split you know a certain pr- profit percentage. Right. Your you could have rugby coaching clinics on the other field. You could get you exactly. know everybody involved. You know, and, and you're gonna have and that, that we have three team sets of fans trying to get down there to watch too. You know? Yeah, and that's an interesting concept because it's kind of a, a blend of all the things that we're talking about, right? It gives fans an opportunity to connect with their teams early on in the season. It gives you an opportunity to be able to reach out to your rugby uh, community uh, nearby, or at least one partner more than the others. But as soon as, you, but but there's there's you know a ripple effect that if you can get fans to come out and watch rugby ATL, guess what? They're going to be watching rugby ATL and whatever team they're competing against. So there's definitely a win-win in many areas over there. And uh, some of the suggestions that, that I thought about in the past is that with Rugby ATL in mind, they had the inter-squad scrimmage between Silver and Black or whatever they called them previously that was actually televised. Um, and, you know, it could be a combination of that and a home and away that gives you three weeks. Uh, so I, I, I think, though, that the question I'm trying to draw out of this, though, is how long should a preseason be as we move forward? Who wants to jump in on that one? I'll, I'll jump in. I think it's um, you know three 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 matches max. You don't want to do anything more than that. As Rob mentioned, there's guys sometimes with the Deces issues. There's guys who are getting sick. So I think three is the max you want to do. Maybe you stick with two, depending on when you can get your guys. And I'm sure some of the warmer weather climates can get their guys on the pitch a little earlier, doing a couple different things. So maybe they're more the three crowd, and the Northeast is more the two crowd. But I think th- right now. Two to three matches in a preseason is a good good mix. I Just see Mike say, nodding his head. Yeah, two to three, you know, by, you know, your first match, you're still figuring out who those, you know, who 16 through 23 are. And, you Perfect. know, really, in, in all reality, that second match, you, you you know who that 16 through 23 are. You, you in theory, know who 1 through 15 are. Right. But, you know, by that, that second match, you're really, you, know, you really figure out who that bench is. So, is I would say two, even, you know, three, you're just kind of, you're glutton for punishment. You're asking for injuries potentially. So, right. um, uh, and that great. is a factor to be able to, yeah. you know, think about your resources. I mean, that stage in the season, you don't want to put them under too much pressure and too much stress. Um, but you also want to be able to test and see what they've got. So it's a fine balance. And, and you, I think typically two to three is probably something that people, two to three matches is, is something that people are, are comfortable with. And, and I'm going to go, I was going to go to Rob, but he's decided to be able to step off the field. Um, <laughs> you know, that one guy that needs a dump in the middle of the match. <laughs> yeah. It's his dog, Nola. I'm sure his dog, Nola is taking a dump on the rugby right now, but I'll, I'll take it. And I think what, yeah. what needs to happen is, uh, as teams progress, one of the things they need to do on the checkoff list is do find a viable indoor option for Northeast teams to play. Sure. So that way they can have the, they don't have to have these issues by trying to find a neutral site field. They can, Rooney can say, okay, we can have the 40 minute scrimmages and have new England and, and Toronto down here. But again, it's, I think it's slow incremental changes for each, um, each team you're going to see year over year. So like, for example, you know, this year it might be Toronto finding their indoor stadium. They can do it. And then next right. year it could be whatever, uh, New England and then Rooney. So don't expect it from all teams at once, 
but I, I, I see them. They're going to start to hone in and fine tune that preseason more and more. Mm-hmm. So what it does look like so far that we're in agreement of, if a future uh, uh, preseason that we think, well, the future preseason should include at least two matches from each MLR side, be advertised and open to the public, possibly televised, making sure to manage expectations when they do that, so people aren't expecting the top-notch quality that they might see later in the season, uh, but to be able to also reach out to their local rugby fans and grow the rugby community, get more grassroots activity around those matches and those match day activities, but possibly also looking at combining resources to be able to create shorter games but more rugby as a result as we've seen with uh, Raptors ATL and uh, gosh who am I forgetting was the third one doing that Hounds yeah Um, yeah. so there's certainly room for improvement and as where it stands now the rugby that we have seen at least on paper because not all of this obviously has been seen um, has been interesting so far for me personally, OGDC is winning uh, me over in terms of their engagement, the way that they're connecting their preseason with fans. Um, but the rugby itself suggests pretty interesting results. ATL and Utah at 31 all. Again, we can't put too much bearing on the results itself. But what is interesting is to see that in almost all these matches, it has included recent draftees. And I say recent being in the last uh, two seasons of the last and the one before. So there certainly is a combination of that younger talent and also kind of testing out what they think might be the best combinations for the future. I'm going to leave it with uh, one final question to to all of you. And I will start with you, Rob, and you can add what, what else you wanted to add there. But as a rugby fan, what do you want to see from a preseason in general? Oh, I, I guess uh, for me, like I said, I don't need a whole lot. Um, I just need there to be some consistency so that mm-hmm. fans can plan ahead and know what they're going to get. Like you said, it's sure. about managing expectations, right? Is it going to be free? Okay. Is it going to, is there going to be a nominal cost? That's fine. Is it going to be included with all season ticket holders that they get that they get access because they purchase That's season tickets? That's fine. Whatever it is, just manage it. One of the things coming out of Starfire with the Raptors game is there were some questions online about will there be food trucks? Again, mm-hmm. I don't know that there needs to be. Right. I think the important thing is is that that things are are well communicated by the teams that are playing host. And, and that way, I think fans will be forgiving so long as they know what the expectations are and those expectations are met. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I would be looking for from next season. You know, if Nola comes out to me and says, we're going to play a home and away, we're going to be playing in Chicago, all right, you know, and we're going to be playing in New Orleans for one, and here's what we can expect when you come to, uh, come to um, you know, the Shrine, on the, or sorry, the gold mine, and, and here's what you're going to get. I can live with it. I like it. Yeah. Consistency and managing expectations. Mike, final thoughts as a fan. What do you want to see? I was going to say, you know, we talk about how preseason is a buildup for the season and getting, you know, the team on the field ready for, you know, what's coming up in the regular season. The same should be said about, you know, the communication side and, you know, the front office in regards to those teams as well. They should use this preseason to work out those kinks, work out those bugs, making sure that, you know, we're talking correct information is going out. Um, we know that their games, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know that, you know, Rooney had, or rugby New York had a preseason game against um, Toronto. Uh, Toronto. 
uh, against Toronto. It it just I was like, oh wow, we we played them. You know, I saw it from the Toronto you know fan uh, group and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, this stuff should be ironed out so that you know once you know we're actually in there, everything is you know easy flow of information. So right, I think for me it should this should be working out the kinks both on the field and off yeah. the field. It's kind of it's kind of like your rugby calendar doesn't start yeah. from the kickoff of the season; it starts four weeks ahead. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think fans knowing that can plan for that and be active and be involved and get more engaged from an earlier stage. Because what we're often finding is that only by week four are we starting to see the experiences that we would have expected from day one of the season. Scott, your final thoughts. Well, I think Robin and Mike said it best, but I'll add this. I'll say as a fan, you have to curb your expectation of what you're expecting for the preseason. We're making incremental strides in the season to get more professional, play more professional, have more professional production, have more professional um, way we go about things through the league. Preseason is a complete afterthought. That's going to be even less of an incremental step forward. So I think we need to manage expectations about what's going on in the preseason and don't let that ruin you going into the regular season because the regular season is going to be great. We've worked out a lot of kinks in production. We worked out a lot of kinks in travel. We worked out a lot of the timing. We've worked out a lot of the scheduling. So there's no scheduling errors and things like that. So harp on the good things that are going to happen during the season. Don't bitch about the bad things that might happen in preseason. And by, and by the way, folks, keep in mind that players, I don't think they actually get paid until the official season starts. So that's got to figure into our management of expectations as well. I personally didn't actually know that. Um, Well, at least not to a large degree, right? Um, but yeah, that's a really, really big factor though, that, uh, Rob Hammerstrip drops the bomb at the end. <laughs> I mean, really, that is, that is a big uh, thing. I'm, I'm sorry to say we didn't have more time to be able to talk about that, but it is a factor in pricing and, and, you know, everything, the cost, everything is such a big, we can go seven layers further to, to be able to talk about this, but as a fan, you just want to be able to get a good look at your team before they hit the field for the first time when it counts to be able to identify who are the standout players, to be able to recognize the talent that is coming up and coming and, you know, to, to get involved to kind of get the feeling. And uh, I think that's what most fans want. And, you know, as what we do here is we aim to go rugby one fan at a time. And I think that that's the mission that it should be for rugby as a whole, as we continue moving forward to be able to grow the game that we all enjoy together. And it starts not from the moment that they, they kick, uh, they kick the ball and the first whistle goes, it's everything that builds up to it. All the different touch points is what every rugby administrator we've spoken to recently on the RPK will say is how many touch points are there before they get there? And those need to be evaluated. Yes, the strides and the, will be a little bit uh, smaller. The achievements will be maybe a little bit less, but we're working towards that. And it's still an important factor. And uh, yeah, thank you very Talk- much, gentlemen. Ty, just before we adjourn tonight, uh, can you please remind everybody one of our touch points in preparation for the upcoming season in our Super Brew contest? That's right. So Super Brew, if you're not familiar, is as easy as pick a team that wins. 
then think what you think the score difference would be, and that is so simple that everybody gets to participate. And for doing so, you stand the chance to be able to win a prize from Shop MLR in the form of vouchers to go and get all the gear that you desire from your favorite Major League Rugby side, courtesy of Rugby Now and ShopMLR.com. 25 bucks for every week, so you're still in it if you didn't win week one, week two, week three. If you get to the 12th week, you were in the playoffs and you still haven't won the pick, you still have a chance to win something. And that's the beauty of the way that we have designed this. But overall, number one will get 150 bucks. Two gets 100 and going down to our bronze medalist at 50 bucks to be able to go and get the gear you love most and show your support for your team through Shop MLR and Rugby Now. Thank you for the opportunity to share that, um, Rob. And uh, myself, Rob, and, uh, and Scott, we individually have our own picks. But then we also have one as the rugby rant as well. It'll be it's kind of like our own personal challenge amongst ourselves. Mike, if you're not in yet, I'm sure you will I'm be. I'm already in. You're yeah. already in. Um, and and Rob is the gatekeeper. So if you have any questions about your administration, getting in, logging in, whatever it may be, uh, Rob is certainly your go-to guy. And uh, as he was last year, and we thank him for doing that because it is a lot of work. Uh, but I know that he definitely enjoys it. And he has nothing to say about that. <laughs> no, I strongly considered, uh, you know, th- throwing Wilkie out, you know, because he, he he came the system. Uh, was it last year or the year before? But uh, oh, right, but yeah, yeah. Well, now we, you know how to do that, yeah, right? How we Doug, so we'll allow him to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? All right, so gentlemen, again, it has been a blast here on episode 123, talking about the preseason for Major League Rugby 2023. The results, what we think are the merits of a preseason, what we'd like to be able to see from the future. And you as a rugby fan might agree or disagree. We don't care either way. Um, <laughs> but you're welcome <laughs> to share that opinion with us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod by following us under all social media platforms, including the regular and everything in between, in addition to getting our audio format through your favorite podcast provider and seeing us on the Rugby Network, which, of course, you'll continue to be able to see us every Friday, assuming they upload it in time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that whole, like, New Zealand time zone thing. But uh, we do thank them for their support and continuing to be able to share the game that we all love so much, one fan at a time. Again, a big shout out to uh, to Mike, the Grand Poobah Perizzini. I don't think I have to be able to ask who your shout out is to, because by now I think I could do it for you. Old Breed Rugby, big shout out to the boys. Um, but, you know, all jokes aside, it is something that's special to you. So as the tradition is, you have a shout out that you want to be able to share, Mike? I was going to say, yeah. Old breed and bootleggers, and then I was gonna say a shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, the people that are doing, you know, the Lord's work at USA Rugby, which is getting uh, coaches and referees trained. I actually went out and got my coaching uh, level one coaching certification this past weekend in Rochester, New York. Um, nice. It was it was a nice eight hour course. Uh, learned a great deal, but you know we need coaches and we need referees. Um, look at you know. Get, you could actually host your own uh, course. Uh, it's free to request, you know, to host a course. So get out, get, you know, get certified as a coach, get certified as a ref. Cause we need them. Yeah. Stop talking about so when Mikey parents, when Mikey pulls up in the white van, don't mind it. He's yeah. actually giving away candy legitimately. 
<laughs> with this with this mustache tail too. Free so, rugby yeah, coaching. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, the show has gone down. <laughs> again, Mike, it's always a pleasure. And to my co-hosts, Scott and Rob, uh, again, always a pleasure to be have you. You guys are great ambassadors to the game. And tell us exactly how you think we can continue to be able to serve this game by following us under the handle at rugby rant pod. We will, of course, as per usual, see you at the next. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.